Non-Monogamy Help is a podcast where your questions about open, non-monogamous or polyamorous relationships are answered. Our host, Lola Phoenix, will consult a licensed therapist with over a decade of experience to address your problems. Names and locations have been changed or censored to keep your questions anonymous. You're listening to Non-Monogamy Help, the podcast. Welcome to episode 53 of the Non-Monogamy Help podcast. I'm Lola Phoenix. Please send your questions to nonmonogamyhelp at gmail.com and they'll either be read in the podcast or the column anonymously. If you would like to read the columns and listen to the podcast, you can go to nonmonogamyhelp.com. You can subscribe to our newsletter by going to go.nonmonogamyhelp.com forward slash email and you can follow us on Twitter at nonmonogamyhelp. If you want to support the columns and the podcasts, and when I say we, I'm usually um, using the royal we because it's just me that's doing all of this. So if you want to support what I'm doing, um, you can become a patron. Even $1 a month really helps kind of just support the costs of running, you know, doing all this stuff, having scheduling social media, all of that nonsense. And it's just a general vote of support. It shows me that you like the podcast and the column and you care about what it is that I do, so I'd really appreciate it. If you would like, you can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash Lola Phoenix. If you donate $5 or more a month, your name with your permission will be read at the end of the podcast. And I do ask your permission before I do that. I don't just do it all willy-nilly. Anyway, Let's get to this week's discussion question, which is a segment of the podcast. If this is the first time you're hearing this, every week before I read the letter, I put forth a discussion question that you can use with your friends, partners, anyone else to get to know them a little bit more. I also answer it myself briefly to give you a little bit of context. So this week's discussion question is, what do you think about forgiveness? When should one be forgiven? For myself personally, I think forgiveness really depends on how you're defining it. I think that, and this is, this is a relevant question to the, um, that refers to the letter that we're going to be reading today. I think it's really, really important that we don't basically recreate systems of harm that we're living through right now. So if we look at the justice system, specifically in the US and in the UK, and probably in a lot of other countries too, I'm not really sure how every single country works with regards to how they handle criminals and prisons and things like that. We are encouraged to, when people do something wrong, lock them up, shame them, um, isolate them away from people, and, you know, condemn them. And I don't think that that system really works when it, 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 I don't think that system is a just system. I don't think it actually brings justice. It can be really hard because we don't live in a just society. So, you know, if somebody, people in my life that have hurt me, you know, I don't necessarily want them to be locked up. But at the same time, I'm not going to forgive them for the things that they've done to me. Mostly because they're not asking for forgiveness. So I, I don't forgive people who don't ask me for forgiveness. But also because when people say forgive, people urge me to forgive people who have abused me. It's usually not forgiveness that they're talking about. Usually when they're talking about that, they want me to forget what happened and act like everything's fine and not have a problem with anything else. And I don't really want to do that. Like, I'm perfectly willing to say, I forgive you for this one thing that you've done, but I'm not going to associate with you anymore because I don't trust you or I don't want to. So I think that that's what makes, that is what makes forgiveness quite complicated. But I do think that if people, for me personally, if somebody apologizes in the correct way if they show me that they messed up because everyone fucks up and I don't like the idea that the second that someone fucks up they're chucked out um I think that that's not fair and I think that 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 can be 
utilized in a very abusive and oppressive way. And I don't like that. If someone's fucked up, if someone is willing to apologize to me, and they are willing to say that they're going to work on their behavior and that the behavior will change, then I'm absolutely willing to forgive them. But if after that their behavior hasn't changed and they are continuing the behavior, then I... I may forgive them for whatever they've done to me or whatever, but I also reserve the right to be like, mm, I don't fuck with that person no more. So, relevant to the question at hand, let me repeat the discussion question just before I go ahead. This week's discussion question is, what do you think about forgiveness? When should one be forgiven? Right, let's get to this week's letter. I'm married and my husband has two other partners in addition to me. His partner, Anna, of three years, and Lisa, of one year. I get along well with both of his partners and hang out with them semi-regularly. On my side, I have one other partner I've been dating for several months now, Zach. When I first met Zach several months ago, we instantly clicked. He seemed very thoughtful, mature, and we had a great chemistry. After a first couple of dates, he briefly met my husband at a party we were all at, and my husband said he felt good vibes from him. A few days after that party, my husband had a date with Lisa, and he told her about meeting Zach. Afterwards, Lisa contacted me and said she wanted to talk to me about him. When we spoke, she was really upset and was crying. Apparently, Lisa briefly dated Zach a year earlier, and they saw each other for a couple months. She told me that he violated a boundary of hers twice. She wasn't comfortable telling me exactly what that boundary was, but she said she felt very manipulated and didn't think he was a good person. Obviously, this was super concerning to me, but it was also confusing. In my few interactions with Zach up until that point, he'd been very respectful of my boundaries, very communicative, and very careful. What's more, my husband's other partner, Anna, was seeing him casually at the time I met him, which I took as a good sign. I decided to continue seeing Zach and to form my own impressions. However, I took Lisa's words to heart and proceeded with caution. I also asked Lisa what her boundaries were if I continued dating Zach, and she said she didn't want to be around him at all and didn't want him to contact her and I agreed to honor that. Lisa has also told my husband that Zach violated her boundaries, and of course, my husband was upset by this. It made him understandably uncomfortable with Zach. In the past, my husband has been friendly with my partners and has been open to hanging out with them, but after talking to Lisa, he didn't want to engage with Zach any further. Fast forward several months, and my relationship with Zach has grown. I've been moving very deliberately and slowly because I was worried a new relationship energy would cloud my judgment, but he's been 100% respectful of my boundaries. We have excellent communication, and I feel very safe with him, both physically and emotionally. Because of this, my husband has become more comfortable with Zach, and he appreciates how he's been a good partner to me, but he still doesn't personally want to engage with Zach at all because of Lisa. Lisa really values loyalty, and my husband told her that he wouldn't pursue a friendship with Zach out of respect for her. But as my feelings for Zach grow, I'm wanting to bring him into my life more. I recently asked my husband if he'd be willing to meet up with Zach and his primary partner, who I've met and love, but my husband isn't comfortable with this. He's worried that if he hangs out with Zach at all, Lisa would view it as a betrayal, and he'd be compromising his integrity. I know you can't force your partners to hang out and be friends, but I also feel like my husband hasn't given Zach a real chance. The only interaction my husband ever had with Zach was at a party all those months ago. I don't need my husband and Zach to become besties, but I would like to be able to all hang out together on occasion like I do with his partners and like my husband has done with my past partners. Also, it's going to be hard to involve Zach in my life more if I can't bring him around my husband. I'm frustrated and don't know what to do. I'm trying to respect everybody's boundaries and I understand why my husband feels uncomfortable, but I also feel like I can't grow my relationship with Zach the way I would like to because of his history with Lisa. My husband and I still don't know what exactly happened between the two of them, but the shadow of it is having a real impact on both of my relationships now.
before we get to this week's answer, I'm going to quickly plug this episode's sponsor, BetterHelp. Quite often in a lot of my columns and podcasts, I encourage people to seek a polyamory-friendly therapist. And for a lot of people looking locally for that kind of a therapist is really, really difficult, especially now with a global pandemic happening. So the good thing about BetterHelp is that you can find therapists online that you can send messages to at any time of day. And they do offer some financial aid. You can get 10% off of your first month by using the promo code NONMONOGAMYHELP or going to betterhelp.com forward slash NONMONOGAMYHELP. So check it out, have a look online, do use the promo code or the URL if you want to try it. That's uh, NONMONOGAMYHELP or going to betterhelp.com forward slash NONMONOGAMYHELP, no hyphens. And let's get to this week's letter. Now I want to say before I start that you did send me a little bit of extra information which you didn't necessarily want me to divulge. I'm not going to divulge much of it but one thing that I do think, I won't divulge the information, but one thing that I do think is really important to this is that you did highlight that there is some BDSM elements that are involved in this and I think that is actually really really important so I do think that needs to be part of my response. I've been in in this situation so many times both like as a person who has experienced some unsafe behavior from someone and as a person who is friends with someone who has experienced unsafe behavior from someone I've been in this situation and it is quite difficult and it is quite frustrating there may be a situation where you accept that Zach just won't be able to hang out with your husband and that is what it is that might be preferable to what I might suggest here Because the thing about me, if I place myself into this situation, I really don't like tiptoeing around things. And while I wouldn't want to press Lisa about what happened to her, based on the information that you've given me, I feel like I would really, really, I'd really want to know. And I would really, really have a hard time. It's not necessarily that I wouldn't believe Lisa because her experience is her experience. But it's, it's the fact that, especially with the BDSM element that you mentioned, and even I think without the BDSM element, people fuck up. People make mistakes. And people have to be given some ability to atone for those mistakes. It's not a sustainable community solution. And I know that it's a big thing, especially within BDSM communities, to be like, as soon as someone's abusive, we chuck them out and the community is all safe. It's not a sustainable solution. It's really not for all people because you create this environment and myself and any autistic person will be able to tell you. There have been so many times when we have fucked up, we have broken some type of social rule, when we have messed up and not understood, and people have responded by isolating us, and they have responded by kicking us out of spaces, sometimes not even telling us what we did. I have gone through this on a social justice level of going into places, making mistakes as we want to do, and people's responses either being kicking people out just absolutely trying to verbally eviscerate them or just, you know, as if we're not yelling at people for the same mistakes that we made. Now, I know this is a boundary violation. I know Lisa is upset about this. And I'm not saying that you need to force Lisa to confront Zach, but a freaking conversation needs to happen here. 
It just needs to happen. And it's a conversation, not necessarily between Lisa and Zach, but a conversation between you and your husband and Lisa and Anna. I, I just, I feel like it's a little bit, you know, nobody's talking. And, and we're all trying to, and, and the thing that makes me a little worried is that I have witnessed people utilize this element that we have created. Like I said in the discussion question, I talked about we, we need to stop recreating these unjust systems. We live in a society that has an unjust system, a system that takes people who have done wrong things and bad things. And I'm not saying that, you know, yay, we should all, you know, murder is great. No. But what I'm saying is that the system isn't a just system. The idea of separating a human being from, from everyone and closing them off and segregating and humiliating them isn't always a just solution and isn't sustainable. You know, Lisa's still upset. And maybe there's a conversation that can happen where Zach can understand that what he did was wrong. And if he is someone who is willing to listen, if he is someone who is willing to say, oh shit, I'm sorry, you have to at least give somebody that chance. Like, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to tell you to tell Lisa what to do. Lisa has to decide, you know, she's perfectly will, she's perfectly in line to say, listen, I don't want to hang out with him. I don't want to be around him. I don't want to, I'm, I'm in the same way about some people, people who I gave the chance to apologize, who did not apologize and who decided to continue their behavior. I wish the best for them, but I don't want them near me. And I have the right to say that. However, when it becomes about loyalty, I just feel like that is that is something that needs to be discussed. It's not about telling Lisa that she has to tell Zach that he did something wrong so that he, I mean, I feel like given the additional information that you've given me about exclusion from communities and spaces, I just, I just feel like people fuck up. If he's been given the chance to apologize and he hasn't apologized for it, then you need to dump him. Like, if he's been told that he did something wrong and he refuses to acknowledge it, even if he's nice to you, I think I, yeah, I'd be done with that. And it's hard because nothing's happened to you thus far with him. But it sounds like from the additional information that you sent to me that he has no fucking clue that something bad has happened. Maybe there is a Lisa out there for me. Maybe there is someone whose boundaries I've violated who is not telling me that. I can't fix that. You know, nobody can fix things that they don't know about. I'm not a kind of person that would be like, oh, okay, fuck you, I don't care. Like, I'm not that kind of a person. I, if, the second that I find out that I fucked up, I try my best to apologize. I'm not saying I get it perfect, I'm not perfect. But in the past, in situations where I have basically, someone's basically told me, you have violated this boundary, you made me feel bad, or you did this, I have tried to apologize. I've done my best. And I have tried to learn from that experience. You know, you kick somebody out of the community like this, and they, if, especially if they don't know, like, if, if they are, if, if they don't apologize and they refuse to listen, then fine. I don't have any problems with saying, fuck this person then. If they can't be ours to be, you know, if they, if they can't be ours to actually say that they've done something wrong and actually do something about it, then that's fine. It doesn't sound like this has been the situation with Zach. I'm not saying he didn't fuck up. He probably did. There is a, a brilliant person on Instagram named Kiki Black Educator. I believe that's their, their Instagram username. And basic guides about BDSM that they put out talk about how consent violations can and do happen. 
and it's you ugh, we just have to talk about it in some way and like again I'm not telling you that you need to tell Lisa that she has to confront Zach that's not what I'm saying but you got to talk about this loyalty thing but you can totally honor the boundary of not having Zach anywhere near Lisa that's fair but it's not fair for your husband to basically feel like he can't be friends with Zach or can't even interact with him without that being some insult to Lisa. Like, that has to be discussed. And maybe in that discussion, you can put forth the point that in your interactions with Zach and surely in Anna's interactions with Zach, he's never done anything. And it's not to say you don't believe her, but it's that maybe he would apologize. Maybe all of this trauma could be resolved or at least some type of justice can happen rather than just you know, locking him away. Maybe we can actually solve the problem. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just think that that is, that is to me what accountability is and, and what needs to happen more often in communities that isn't happening in so many communities. In so many communities, it's like you fuck up once and bleh. I just feel like, especially when you're talking about, you know, nobody walks out of the womb knowing how to, knowing all the, tips and tricks on everything we all fuck up we all make mistakes it is not yeah okay I'm going on and on about it basically you get my point I think that you can make that point it just doesn't work and this is a good example of why it doesn't work because now, now your husband is insulting Lisa by being friends with Zach and we that conversation just needs to happen and you need to figure out if that is actually how Lisa feels and understand that there are multiple situations I, I have been in Lisa's situation I have had somebody who, I actually, I, I think I was lucky enough, I thank, thank my lucky stars, I never had a scene with them, but I have, I have been around somebody who I, who showed me that they were very unsafe. And this was somebody who was a community leader, it was somebody who everyone loved, because they were very charming and charismatic, and... It felt like I couldn't go in any community events they were at. It felt really hard because I didn't want to, at the time, I didn't want to get them blackballed from anything. I didn't want to get them kicked out of anything. But I was frustrated by the fact that this person was continuing to mistreat people and nobody was holding them to account. And so I can totally understand how Lisa feels. I think I asked you in a follow-up question to get a gauge on whether or not Zach is kind of popular and has the social capital to get away with treating people like shit constantly again and again and again without any... <laughs> That's the thing about this, like, a thing that we like to think of that we do, which is that we get rid of people who are toxic. But I don't think that that's always true. I do think that sometimes people have the social capital and the privilege to get away with being toxic again and again and again without, without any consequences. So I understand being in that position. I understand. I've, I've tried to avoid putting people in the position of defriending somebody just be, to prove their loyalty to me because I don't like that. That loyalty thing is a bit, mm, it's a bit suspect, to be honest, because, yeah, I just, I just feel like even in that situation, I understood why people were friends with them. I understood why, and, and even in my personal life situations where people have sexually assaulted me, I didn't necessarily blame people for still being friends with the people who sexually assaulted me. So I don't think accountability and justice comes in the way of just completely isolating a person, especially if we've if they've never been given the chance to actually know that they've fucked up. And it, this is the kind of thing that I just think, you know, 
uh, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going on and I don't know if that's really helpful. I think that that is something that's worth talking about with Lisa, having that discussion with her. If she gets to a point where she's like, no, nobody, your husband can't, basically tells your husband who he can or can't be friends with or threaten, you know, then your husband has to make that decision. I think I'd feel very uncomfortable. I, I feel very uncomfortable with people telling me who I can and can't be friends with because that isn't a good sign for any kind of relationship. Any partner telling you who you can and can't be friends with or basically creating a situation where if you're not, if you're friends with somebody, then they, I just, yeah, I just don't think that that's a good situation to be in. So it's a discussion that you and your husband need to have with Lisa, potentially with Anna there too, because she has also dated Zach. Kind of think that that's uh, an important key factor. And then I think that you're going to have to think about a future where Zach can't be as involved in your life and you're gonna have to think about whether or not you want to tell him why I would really really struggle to not tell Zach why like I just would even if I thought it might lead him to have a discussion with Lisa as much as she wouldn't like that I kind of feel like I would have a, I would feel like that's dishonest to for me like I, I, I like what am I gonna say like how yeah I just I think you, you need to think about are you gonna tell Zach because I think he will notice. I mean, unless he's the kind of person who's like, oh, I don't need to be friends with your husband. I don't need to hang out with all of you, whatever. It's fine. If he's that kind of a person, then you kind of don't really have a problem. It's more or less just, unfortunately, you're in that situation. But um, if he does want to be involved and you're sort of like, no, you can't come to my house because you have to keep making up excuses. It basically creates a situation where you're lying to him. And I... Yeah, I, I would, I'd really struggle with that. I would just have to be honest with him and tell him, like, I, I just couldn't pretend like everything was fine when it wasn't. So, yeah, <laughs> let me try and wrap up and sum up in some kind of way, because I know I've just, this is a subject that I feel a lot about because I've been in so many situations and it's a thing that I feel like, especially social justice communities, we've, it's just a thing that happens. And I've seen... I've been the person who is sick and tired of someone who has all of the social capital and treats people like shit, continuing to be allowed to be in charge of everything. I've been the person who has, you know, been told that they fucked up three years later after the fuck up happened and just felt so frustrated that they just didn't tell me when it happened and I could have apologized then and, and feeling all of this self-hatred and shame for a mess up that I did and trying to learn better and am better now, but just... Yeah, I've just been on all sides of this. I've also witnessed people, people I care about, you know, get doxxed online because somebody decided to use these type of communities against them. So I have a lot of feels. Anyway, sum up. Let's sum up. Let's shut up and sum up. It's a conversation you need to have with your husband and Lisa, basically, is what I feel like. And you need to figure out this loyalty thing and figure out if Lisa can understand that... You haven't had a problem with Zach. Anna hasn't had a problem with Zach. Your husband hasn't had a problem with Zach. You will not be forcing her under any circumstances to be around him in any way, shape, or form. But you have to be able to do your stuff on your own. It's not fair for her to tell you all who you can or can't be friends with. And you will be keeping a close eye on him and maybe offer some type of community accountability process where if she doesn't want to confront him maybe you guys can maybe you can make him understand what he did and then if 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 she lets you do that 
maybe you can see if he's apologetic or not. And if he's not apologetic, then maybe this whole point is mute, moot. Because you'll basically be like, all right, well, you know that you've done this wrong and you don't care. That will kind of make you figure out if he's really safe or not to be around. Because just because, and I will add this as a major addendum, just because he's been safe around you thus far does not mean he will not change. There is a book which I constantly, constantly, constantly recommend called Why Does He Do That by Lundy Bancroft. And I think that every single person should read it. Like, it's just such an important book. And it explains to you how abusive natures work. And there's one thing in the book that's just so, like, a lot of abusive, there are a lot of abusive men who don't get abusive until their partner is pregnant. How's that for a mindfuck? Like, <laughs> just because he's been not been horrible to you doesn't mean he can't be. So that is a very real thing. It's also very, very, very important that you not treat Lisa as if she's lying. It's important that you acknowledge her. And I feel like you have done, but throughout this process of having this conversation with her, it's important that you don't take her complaints lightly. And last but not least, I think that you need to accept that there may be a situation where you are just not, Zach is not going to be in your life in the same way. Like if, if, if Lisa says absolutely not, like, I consider this, I consider it betrayal. I consider it a problem. I don't want you interacting with him. And your husband decides to comply with that. Then you, you've got to decide what you're going to do. Are you going to be fine with that? Are you going to, <laughs> I mean, you might have to accept that it, that that's where the situation is. And if you decide to accept that's where the situation is, then, you know, are you going to tell Zach? Or are you going to not tell him? So, I mean, you don't even know what it is technically that he's done, but you, you need to think about that as a real possibility. If Lisa decides, like, no, I'm not, I'm not having it, which is fair enough for her. It, I mean, I, gosh, trying to sum up, I'm trying to sum it up. I think that the loyalty thing is, is a, and I don't know, is this something that she's actually said? As she said, you cannot be friends with Zach, or has your husband just assumed that she would be upset if he was? So, you know, that's why this conversation between all three of you needs to happen, because it's, it's, maybe everyone's going on hearsay and no one's actually having a conversation about it, and so that needs to happen. I tried to sum up. This is a this is something that really uh, has affects me, so it's kind of hard for me to keep things hundred percent like uh, straight in my head. But I've tried to sum everything up. Hopefully, this helps. <laughs> and good luck. Thank you for listening to episode fifty three of Non Monogamy Help. If you want to be awesome, you can donate to our Patreon. Donating five dollars or more means your name, with your permission, will be read at the end of the podcast. This week's current patrons are Laura Boylan, Chris Alvary Jones, Duke, and James Wartell. If for whatever reason you can't become a patron because shit happens, you can take five minutes to log into iTunes, find the podcast, and give it a five-star review. If you if you do like the podcast, I would appreciate that. Give it a five-star review and rating on iTunes. Um, if you don't want to write a review, that's fine. I know you're busy. That's cool. You can just give it a rating. I'd really, really appreciate it, getting a little bit of a rating helps um helps me get the podcast out there to people if it's highly rated then it's gonna gonna show up in them their charts so yeah i'd really appreciate that if you can do that that would be super awesome especially if, if you can't do patreon that's cool anyway that's all for this week i've blabbed on long enough 
you'll get a new column next Friday and another podcast in a fortnight. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Non-Monogamy Help. Our podcast music has been provided by Chris Albury-Jones at albury-jones.com. And the art was made by Dom Jung at d-o-m-d-u-o-n-g.com. Thank you for listening.